There are a million ways to make money in the food service industry. You just have to find one. On the Titans of Food Service podcast, I interview real life movers and shakers in the food game who cut through all the noise to get to the top. My name is Nick Portillo and welcome to the Titans of Food Service podcast. Let's jump right into it. Welcome back to another episode of Titans of Food Service. I'm your host, Nick Portillo, and today I sit down with the visionary leader of Outshine Public Relations, Talia Samuels. With over a decade of experience in the art of public relations, Talia Samuels has established herself as one of the foremost experts in her field. She's not just a PR specialist. She's a culinary storyteller extraordinaire. As the founder and president of Outshine Public Relations, Talia and her team work with AAA, Five Diamond, awarded properties, celebrity restaurateurs, Michelin-starred, and James Beard award-winning chefs, among many others. Talia's passion for the hospitality industry runs deep, and her creative storytelling prowess knows no bounds. Her integrity and expertise have made her a trusted source among her media peers, and she's recognized as a force to be reckoned with. Through strategic communication strategies, imaginative public relations campaigns, social media wizardry, and unforgettable special events, Talia has consistently increased brand awareness, fostered community connections, and earned the respect and admiration of her industry colleagues. But Talia's influence extends beyond the boardroom. She's been a director on several industry boards, including the California Restaurant Association's Orange County chapter and the Newport Beach Restaurant Association's Business Improvement District. Her award-winning agency, Outshine PR, is a powerhouse known for crafting standout public relation campaigns and captivating social media strategies that put top dining and travel destinations in the limelight. Forbes has even recognized Outshine PR as one of America's best PR agencies, a testament to their excellence. So join us today as we delve into the captivating journey of Talia Samuels and the brilliance of Outshine Public Relations. Let's go ahead and welcome Talia. All right, Talia, welcome to the Titans of Food Service podcast. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to come on and share your story and talk with me. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for uh, having me on. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, and we're talking a little before we started. We're both uh, Orange County natives here in Southern California, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's a wonderful place, um, especially in the food and culinary industry. I feel like there's so much happening here now. This has been the birthplace of so many great large brands. And um, it just continues to be a really great representation of all the different types of cuisine and uh, restaurants that, you know, that we have. So yeah, absolutely. Have you ever lived outside of Orange County? No, um, I've lived here my whole life. I'm born and raised here. I Mm -hmm. went to school in Spain. So I had a brief... uh, Mm semester in Spain where I lived. Um, I lived there for six months and I considered that a little home. Um, but no, I've, I've always lived in Orange County outside nice. of that. That's actually really cool. You went to Spain. I went to uh, Italy my junior year of college. I went to Chapman and there was an opportunity to do study abroad. And I had to hang up my baseball cleats and stop playing baseball to do it. But it was well worth it and got to try, you know, the cuisine out there, oh, uh, yeah. being in Italy, traveling around to different countries. I got to go to Spain uh, for a weekend. So it was a really cool experience. 
Oh, that's great. I That's the one thing I, I wish I did while I was in Spain. I never left. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, everywhere in Spain. I was a Spanish linguistic major prior to discovering PR. So for me, I was so um, enamored with the Spanish culture and the language and the art and the especially the food scene there. But yeah, I, prior to PR, I was a Spanish linguistic major. So... <laughs> What did you want to do with that major? You know, that's actually why I, I got out of that major because I didn't know, you know, I was like, cool, I'm bilingual. What, there are so many other people that are bilingual. What would that really get me? And I, I thought about it and I was like, well, I need to double major and I would need to go to school for longer. I paid for school myself. And I was like, this <laughs> this is just uh, getting to be very expensive and too long. And this is just somehow not the right path for me. So I actually, when I, when I was in college, I went to a junior college first and I applied to UCLA for their linguistics program and I was accepted. And I thought I should be really excited about this. I, you know, this was the only school I applied to and I got in and it's a UC and I deferred my acceptance. I just was like, something's not right. I, I should be happy. So I told my dad, I was like, dad, I'm not going to go to UCLA and I'm, I'm going to just go back to community college. And I was so nervous to tell him, but, um, I just said, I felt some, you know, it wasn't right. Something better is coming for me. And, you know, if I had gone that route, I probably would have studied law, which is fascinating to me, but not, (laughs) not, I think as fulfilling as working in the culinary and hospitality industry. And I definitely wouldn't be where I am today. So yeah. (laughs) How did you get into the culinary and hospitality industry? Actually, very interesting. My dad was a food broker when he was in his early 20s Uh, maybe it maybe not i don't know how old he was exactly Uh, probably not his 20s in the 80s he and my grandfather owned a brokerage that's no longer around called sibco which was the samuels international brokerage company um they brokered like American food products for restaurants in Japan back in the eighties. My dad was definitely not 20 in the eighties, but uh, back in the eighties, they Japan saw this boom of American style restaurants like Denny's and a lot of these corporate chains were seeing success in Japan. And so he and his dad were brokers together. Today, he still works in the food industry. He works um, in produce and seafood distribution. And growing up, I followed him around on the weekends to different restaurants and I met chefs. And I knew from a very young age that this was the industry that I wanted to be in because I saw the passion and the excitement and the culture of the kitchen and how it brought people together. And I was like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And I told my dad I wanted to be a chef. And he was like, no, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad today I'm not a chef. I have the incredible honor to work with so many chefs and to to tell their story and to amplify their voice and their menus and what it is that they're doing but i'm so glad <laughs> i'm not a chef so yeah that's a yeah. it's a tough profession you know there one they're artists 
Um, and, and two, it's that profession could take a lot of hours, long, long time on your feet, you know, maybe working six or seven days a week. Yeah. It's, it's not an easy job uh, to do for sure. No, I, I, you know, my clients work so hard. I don't envy the hours they work. Um, you know, they work weekends, they work nights. And I feel so lucky to be industry adjacent. I'm not in the kitchen. Uh, I've, you know, spent my whole life really involved in the industry and, and have taken so much of my time to learn and to really try as best I can to dive as deep as they would um, in understanding the intricacies of, uh, you know, whether it's their culture and how they're bringing that to life mm-hmm. through food, or if, you know, there's certain, you know, cooking techniques or elements that make something stand out. And I, I like to dive as deep as I can. So that's why I chose to specialize in chefs and restaurants and culinary brands. We only work uh, in that space. And although I've had the opportunity to work with other you know, fashion companies or, or different products that I might like for my personal life, I'm, I'm a, I'm a specialist and there's nothing I think that would make me change. You know, we've, we've had a lot of opportunities to work with outside brands that aren't in this space, but I always, I always turn them down and I stay true to, you know, what my specialty is. Because that's really where that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah, totally. And for those listening along, uh, Talia started a company called Outshine Public Relations, and you work with some of the top restaurants here in Orange County. I, I saw on your website you've got quite a few restaurants that my wife and I that we love to go to, like Tavern House, um, Wild Taco. So you, you've got yeah. some really exciting um, brands that you work with. Yeah, we've had the opportunity to work with so many great brands. And I know we're like a few minutes in, I didn't even mention (laughs) the name of my company. But yes, um, (laughs) I own Outshine PR. Thank you (laughs) for uh, for mentioning that. Um, Yeah, and you know, I started the company uh, in 2015, when I was 23. And today, you know, I'm going on nine years of, of owning the business, which is crazy to me because it still feels like yesterday. And I still have these like pinch me moments when a chef or a restaurateur reaches out and wants to work with me. You know, we've worked with clients that really span the gamut of, of hospitality and restaurants. And um, we've worked with small independent chef owner operators who is their, their first restaurant. Um, you know, they're really doing everything by the bootstraps. And we've worked with large restaurant groups like the Mina Group, uh, Marriott Corporation, and just some other larger brands. So it's really, um, it's really exciting to me to be able to work with such a diverse roster mm-hmm. and you know tell different stories. What I the stories that I've told for chefs like Michael Mina have a much different message than you know, the stories that I've told for, for example, like a a family-owned business like Mutt's and Mutt Lynch's who've been yeah. around for 75 years. And they're they're just throwing a party every day. But it's so cool to dig deep and connect with these chefs and restaurant tours or, you know, second generation restaurant owners on on what it is that got them started and why 
everyone should know about what it is they're doing and, you know, what makes them unique and different and special to the people that dine there. So, yeah. Let's go back to a point that you said you started in 2015 at the age of 23. I too yeah. actually started my company uh, with my dad back in 2015. So the same. Oh, amazing. Um, amazing. Yeah. 2015 was the year. <laughs> it, it must have been the year. I don't know. It, it was uh, yeah, special year for sure. Yeah. What made you want to start your company at that time? Um, I was working for another agency at the time and there I was a similar agency. They did restaurant PR, um, but there was really no opportunity for me to grow there. And I knew that I wanted to do something more. I felt like the skills that I had weren't, I wasn't able to really utilize them in that position. And so I started looking for another job. And at the time, there I didn't feel like there were really a ton of agencies that did this. And I, I've i always known, like, this is all I want to do. It's I only want to work with chefs and restaurants. So I thought, and I was like, well, I could move to New York. I'd have to move to LA. And I wanted to stay in Orange County. So I don't know what happened. But one day, all of a sudden, I was like, I should just do this on my own. And I did. Um, that was a that was a huge terrifying leap, but but yeah, once I did, I I never looked back, and my company grew just from word of mouth. You know, I've got one great client, and I killed it for them. We worked together, opened six locations, got them all sorts of fantastic press. I believed in them, I think, as much as they believed in me, and that really was something that people saw. And and then all of a sudden, I had clients calling me and it's been a word of mouth type of growth ever since. Now, you know, like I said, it's been almost nine years and I have a staff, four people, which is crazy. I still, I'm like learning how to be a boss (laughs) to them, but I'm like, I know how to do the, you know, PR and, and marketing and all of that. But, you know, learning to own a business was a completely different thing that I think no amount of training or education can prepare you for. Yeah. I, on the topic of of owning your own business, what are some of the things that you've maybe learned about yourself in that process? That's a great question. Um, I learned that I could. I could do it. All the things yeah. that I was afraid of, I think feeling like an imposter, somebody who I thought that when I started my company, what what smart restaurant owner, business person is going to trust a 23-year-old to run their PR campaigns? And I'm, you know, I'm a college dropout. I I dropped out of college. I don't have a degree. Um, And for a long time, I thought that was a hindrance to me. I dropped out because I dedicated more time to working at the the job I thought was my dream job. Now I have my dream job. And I think had I not dropped out of college and really carved out my own path, I wouldn't be here today. So I think I just learned that I was, I had the skills and the confidence to, to do that. I, I learned to believe in myself. Yeah. I love that. That's definitely one of the biggest hurdles to people starting their own business is that self-belief at every single day. 
you know, for long periods of time. And that's really how you gain traction. Yeah. Um, I, I remember being so fearful to, to go to events, which, you know, there's tons of fantastic events in the area that celebrate culinary, uh, celebrate restaurants. And I was afraid to go and be there as Talia from Outshine. I was nervous that people uh, would judge me or laugh at me or think that I was, you know, an imposter, which is, you know, I felt like I was, but at the same time, I was like, no, I think I'm, I really think I'm helping people. And I really think I'm doing something right on behalf of my clients. And I mean, I still, I, today, today I feel that absolutely that's what we do. So yeah. When it comes to your day-to-day, what are some of the deliverables that a client can expect to working with you? I'd say there is really no solid day-to-day. Um, our company offers a variety of services. We um, offer traditional public relations. So okay. um, that's earned editorial opportunities. Um, I work on behalf of my clients to pitch them to print, digital, radio, and television outlets. So basically telling their story to somebody who would tell that story to a broader audience, whether it be um, a subscriber base for a magazine or a viewership at a local news station. I pitch stories or I make up, you know, reasons why I feel like they should you know, be included in in a roundup or in a news segment and find the unique differentiators that this client will have and I'll pitch something out about it. So that's PR. The other side of what we do is uh, social media and content creation. Mm. We're a full service agency. So we do everything from creating the content, whether that be, you know, editorial style photography, videography, graphic design, and then executing that, taking all that content we develop and creating a plan to publish that on social. We completely take that off of the client's uh, list of responsibilities and manage it. Um, which if you're running a restaurant or really any business, it is so hard to like remember to post something. In my opinion, I, it would be the last thing I, I would think of if I was in the kitchen and trying to get dishes out or, you know, doing inventory or something. It, it's something that there is definitely, definitely a need for. And it's food is such, there's such a connection with people visually to it. So, making sure that whatever the content is, is representative of, you know, the client and let, making them look like they're putting their best foot forward is something that brings a lot of value to our clients. Absolutely. A, a few months ago, I hired a social media person. I had been doing my own content and posting it. And it got to a point where one, it was just too much work and two, content's hard. Like to constantly be thinking of new ideas, like... I, I, I'm not the most creative person, so it was definitely stretching the boundaries of what my capabilities were. So mm-hmm. it was great to find somebody that can help in that regard. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's a lot of work, and I I remember when I decided I needed not only to be a publicist and not only a social media manager, I needed to be a content developer. There was this day that. Um, I pitched a story to a magazine and about one of my clients. This was like in the first few months of me starting out shine. And 
I had, um, they, they wrote back and they're like, we're going to do a full page feature on your client. I'm like, Oh my God, amazing. Um, and they're like, we need photos by the end of the day. And I was like, great. Uh, I'll get, I'll find some. So there were no photos. The client had none. Um, and I was like, well, I'm not going to give up this opportunity. I'm going to make sure that they get photos. So I went and borrowed a camera from a friend of mine and I learned how to work it. I had zero experience in photography and um, especially with like a high-end DSLR camera. Mm -hmm. and Those are hard. Yeah. When it's funny, I, he gave me a bunch of lenses and I took one off because I realized it wasn't the right one. And for like 20 minutes, I struggled <laughs> to put the lens on because they're just like a little bit of a different like snap and click kind of thing. And um, I think I was so nervous that I was like, how do you put this on? But I, I got great photos. I finally figured it out. The photos ended up in the magazine. It printed. It looked great. And from that moment on, I was like, never again will I be without content. This is, mm -hmm. if I'm pitching this, it's my responsibility to have everything I need. So I went and I bought a camera and taught myself how to do photography. And I, for years and years, I maybe like five years into owning my business, I did everything myself. Uh, from photography to content to press releases and pitching and everything. And then finally, I was like, you know what? I'm good at this. Like, you know, I, I have the skills, but I, I want to focus on the storytelling element, which is PR and copy and all that. And I was like, I think it's time to pass on that responsibility. So that was my first hire that I made. Um, wow. And she's still with us today. She, she is an incredible asset on our team. And yeah, and I've grown. It, our Outshine's big, bigger now than when I started. Like I mentioned before, we have a, a full staff of people that all specialize in, or you know, prior to working with us had specialized in or had experience in culinary and hospitality. So yeah, I have an awesome team of, of people that make me really proud. <laughs> yeah. You made a really interesting point about, you know, when you hired your first person and finding that, hey, I'm good at this, but maybe uh, not necessarily with the channel, the, the area that I want to stay in, hire mm -hmm. somebody else to essentially buy back your time. I think that's a very important yeah. for those out there who are definitely entrepreneurs or own their own business. That's a lesson that I learned probably too far into my entrepreneurial journey of hiring people around you that are good at the things that maybe you're not necessarily good at. So you could stick to what drives your economic engine or what drives your passion. Definitely. And it's something super hard for people who are entrepreneurs like yourself and, and, and myself. It's at least for me, it's really hard to delegate. Um, everything that you do is is your baby. It's a representation of of you. You know, you you built it from the ground up. So it's hard to often delegate responsibility. And when you finally do and let go, it's like a breath of fresh air, and you realize you're like, oh, oh, you're you're even better than I am at this. Like, why haven't I done this years ago? But yeah, it's it. I, that's the skill I feel like I'm learning most right now is um, delegating yeah. more often. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It goes a long, long way for sure when you can 
to when you learn that skill of delegating and getting your time back, it's it's so important. It just saves your energy too when you're not yeah. doing the things that you don't necessarily want to be doing. Yeah, it's been really um, yeah. Since this year, we hired in the past year, I would say we hired three new three people. Wow. Um, I would say past year and a half, and it's the amount of what i focus on like my role in addition to growing the business which still to this day i just let it happen organically it's it's all i don't seek out new business um it's more like referrals and people who find us online but but when i did hire people the type of coverage that i was able to earn for our clients became so much greater because I was able to spend more time researching and pitching higher level media and, you know, telling bigger stories because I wasn't doing things that, you know, weren't in my like zone of genius or like my whatever that, um, I think it's called your zone of genius, but yeah, my, it wasn't my like favorite thing to do. So, um, and I found people that that it is their favorite thing to do. They love it. They're great at it. Yeah. So, well, good for you. That's exciting to hear the growth in your company this year, bringing on three new people. That's that's a heck of a uh, amount of growth. So, congratulations to yeah, you for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's so it's so weird because I still feel like uh, it's day one in some ways in my mind and you know, I'm sure you can relate in some ways when, when you own your own business, you're like, you know, and your listeners probably feel the same way for those that do right. own their businesses. You're always somehow in the weeds or you're learning how to do something that's, um, you know, new to you. So, and I never feel like, I never feel like us. Oh, I, you know, Every day is so easy. It's all turnkey. You know, every day is a dynamic new day where the industry changes. Uh, we have to adapt to different technologies and social platforms, changes in media outlets. And there's no, there's no one size fits all press mm. plan or social plan for any client. So yeah, it's like every day I'm learning <laughs> something new. I'm sure. If you can go back to your first day and you, getting your very first client you and you mentioned that you grew with them to six locations how did you get how did you acquire that first client it was a referral um somebody their publicist was moving out of the country and to this day she's a great friend of mine um she was leaving the country and they wanted somebody who could help them uh continue on and get get more publicity. They were only, the client was only about maybe six months old at the time they had just opened and uh, she was leaving. And so she had heard of me through somebody else. Um, I think someone in the media had referred um, her to me and she called me and asked if I wanted to interview for this position. And and I was like, yeah, sure. So I went and I met with the owner and founder of uh, this restaurant. And um, I I just somehow, been my, if, to me, I was like, this is a miracle. Why does he want to work with me? Um, but 
Yeah, I actually still to this day work with their executive chef. Um, he has since gone on to open his own award-winning restaurant and I have the honor of, of representing him. So he's kind of been one of my longest clients. But yeah, I just kind of went in and explained who I was and why I felt that I could um, be the best fit for them. I know they were interviewing more other, more seasoned PR people, but yeah, they, they picked me. And I felt like for me, that was so important because I was like, all right, now I can really prove that I can do this because this was my first restaurant chef driven concept that, that trusted me. And like I said, we opened six locations together. I worked with them for many, many, many years until the pandemic when a lot of things kind of came to a pause. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, to this day, I still get to work with their chefs. So yeah, it was, it was very thrilling for me. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. With all the restaurants that you work with and, and hospitality clients that you have, how do you tailor a specific, you, you know, your strategy for their PR? How do you make each one uniquely different? I listen to them. So okay. when I go to a meeting with a new client, I don't bring any collateral. I have no like pamphlets, no samples. I come and I sit there and I listen to them. I want to hear who they are, what they do, what they believe is what makes them different. And I talk about myself and our agency a little bit, but mostly I want to listen to them. And at the same time, I'm also deciding if I want to represent that brand. That's um, a good point. I, I you know, want to make sure that there's not similarities that they might have with another client of ours. So you know, we wouldn't really represent two super high-end sushi restaurants um, in the same area. They were at different states. That's a little different. But yeah, I I listen and and I feel like when they tell me their story, that's when my mind starts seeing, all right, this is different. Here's something pressworthy that they think is just mundane. They think this is normal. And for me, I'm like, no, this is so cool. Um, But I, I think listening first is probably... And being intentional, like I'm intentionally listening at everybody who's ever you know, started a restaurant or, or started a brand or started a business, they have a story. You just you gotta find it and more maybe pull it out of them. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I look for. Yeah. I, I saw on your client list a brand or a restaurant here locally that they have a a pre-existing location and then they're opening up a new one. And what is some of the strategies around that when you have somebody that maybe has a location and is just about to break ground and you want to, I would imagine, build you know some buzz around their new location and things like that. What are some of the strategies you'd use for that? Yeah, many of our clients find themselves in that awesome position where they're expanding and they're growing into a new market. So, I mean, it it totally depends. But my number one strategy, my like first step would be to look at who is the media in that market um, and really look at who is writing for what publications, how are they writing about food? How can I tell that expansion story to this person in a way that fits the their style of editorial. So I 
Um, I just do my research. And at this point, I, I know the markets in the area very well. I, I have relationships with media that span national, primarily locally and regionally, but with trade publications, like, you know, you had, like I mentioned, offline, you had Danny Klein from FSR mm-hmm. and QSR mag, or yes, I think those were. Yep. That's FSR and okay. QSR. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that's who you had on and, and he's a contact that I pitch and they have done fantastic coverage respectively for our clients that have either quick service or full service restaurants. So knowing how the media covers the topic of food and restaurants is important as well. So yeah. Yeah. Your clients, do they typically have to have a budget of some sort to be able to pay to be in these uh, different types of media? Or I would imagine uh, maybe it depends. Uh, No, not at all. Um, Everything that we do at Outshine, it's all earned editorial. So I work with my client, they pay us and I pitch the story. If whether they're getting a mention in like a roundup or they're getting a two page feature or a bigger in a magazine, there's no cost. There's no transaction. There are some publications out there that offer partnerships, which or trade. And we typically don't uh, secure that type of coverage for our clients, just because we try to keep their costs low. If a client wanted to be included in that type of coverage, then we're all about it. There's no, no transaction. The client never pays for any type of publicity that we secure for them. Wow. That's actually, that's actually, I, I mean, for those listening who are interested, I, I would definitely sign up with you. That that sounds like a great... Uh, <laughs> well, that's what PR is. PR, yeah. yeah, I mean, we're we're just an amplifier. We're the storytellers. Our, my goal is to tell my client's story and the, help the media at the same time. Their goal is to tell these stories. So my job is to make their job easier. And they have a busy, crazy job. So for, you know, if I can, if I can help them and also help my client, perfect. I'm, I'm making two people happy. So. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's very important to work with people like yourself, especially on the restaurant side. There's so many restaurants out there and there's so much competition. And how are you standing out uh, amongst the rest? You know, looking at your client list, you have some very iconic uh, high-end places. You've got um, some very well-known local eateries. I mean, these are some serious brands and they, I think with your help, they've done a fantastic job of getting their name out there. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's definitely it's definitely a very competitive market. Um, there are so many restaurants. There is so much noise happening on social media, you know, with Instagram and TikTok and all these other platforms where people are just constantly bombarded with what's new, what looks good, um, where should you be on a Friday and Saturday night. So it, it is a challenge to get through all of the noise. Um, and, you know, for me, I never want my clients to be part of the noise. I want them to have their own way that they resonate with their audience. So continuously, you know, there are certain things that make clients newsworthy. You're opening a new location. You have a new seasonal menu. Uh, you're doing a collab with uh, this brewery. There's a ton of things that are newsworthy, but what happens when, you know, 
you don't have anything new going on or your menu doesn't really change. That's when we kind of, that's like where our magic comes in, where we find different opportunities to continue to put our clients at the forefront of coverage and secure media opportunities for them. Even if they don't have anything inherently newsworthy going on, we can find opportunities like, you know, this roundup featuring um, like national, for example, we had two clients recently in a Forbes article that was focusing on national coffee day. Um, So finding things that are inserting our clients into the media, finding ways that we can align our brands with current trends. That's how we keep our clients fresh and at the forefront. Yeah, that makes sense. What about looking far into the future? What are some things that you have not yet accomplished, but you want to? I would love to expand out of state. We, uh, I've been so close. There have been so many opportunities where a client was like looking at um, a new location in a different market out of state. But at this time, we our roster is currently all of California. So I would really like, and, and our our client roster spans really from like the Bay Area to mm-hmm. uh, San Diego. But most of our clients are in Orange County and mm-hmm. LA and Long Beach, kind of right in the middle. But yeah, I would love, I, there are certain markets that I, I really have my eye on. I would love to uh, work with clients in Scottsdale, Arizona. I think what Orange County was 20, 15 years ago is what Scottsdale is now. It's the birthplace of all of these unique restaurant concepts mm-hmm. Um just like Orange County was. And I really see a lot coming out of Scottsdale right now. So that would be, I guess that would be uh, something I'd be really interested in. That would be a, a big goal. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, of course, there are certain types of clients I'd love to work with. Um, we have several clients that are in the Michelin guide, but I would love to have, um, I'd love to see one of our clients earn a Michelin star. I believe that we have a few that really deserve it. And um, I would love to see them earn that recognition. Uh, for me, their win is is my win. Yeah. So yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> yeah. And I love Scottsdale too. I've been there a couple of times. And you're right. It is very much a... Uh, a city that's that's starting to really bloom nicely. And there's a lot of young people there. There's a lot of restaurants. There's a great nightlife scene. It's an up and coming city for sure. Yeah, it definitely is. All your listeners in Scottsdale, give me a call. <laughs> or out of state elsewhere. Um, you know, our our ability isn't just in Orange County. And we have I have clients that have, like I mentioned before, been in Forbes, been in Food and Wine, been in Vogue, um, restaurant clients, all of all of those. Yeah, it's just it's just a matter of having the client there. Our reach is, is wherever the client is. So well, Talia, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me and talk about your business and how you got started and the projects you're working on. I, I found it very interesting. And I, I I don't know if I mentioned it in the podcast, but I know I mentioned it uh, you know, prior to our uh, us starting this conversation is you're my first PR person. And I, I and it's uh, when I started this Titans of Food Service podcast just about a year ago, I didn't know what to expect. I'm, you know, I'm more on the sales side of things, people selling into restaurants. 
And I've met a lot of interesting people along the way, and you're definitely one of them. So I just oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah, it's been it's been really cool to come on and uh, an honor to to share my story. I I'm always sharing other people's stories, so it's cool. <laughs> it's cool when I get to share mine too. And for those listening out there who may want to work with you or talk with you further, what's the best way to reach you? Uh, you can visit my website. Uh, there's uh, a opportunity to email me on there. My cell phone number is on there. So I'm very easy to reach an email, a phone call. Yeah, that's that's how you can check out some of the work that we do for our clients on Instagram. We post a lot of the coverage that we secure for our clients um, on there. It's um, There's definitely a lot of activity on Instagram. Our, our um, website is more of like a broad overview, but you kind of want to see the day to day um, and some of the things we're doing. And on behalf of our clients right now, uh, you can follow us at Outshine PR. Fantastic. Talia, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.